Hi, I'm Liz Graveline. As a doctor of physical therapy, I spent my early 20s refining my intervention skills on treating joint pain, stiffness, and weakness. Now, in my early 30s, as a working mom of two toddlers, it wasn't long ago that I had to rebuild my level of fitness from the ground up. My mission has evolved to not only affect positive change amongst the frequent flyers of Stanford, Connecticut, but amongst the masses. I'll teach you how exercise can be safe and simple while blocking out the noise. On this show, morning routines, posture, joint health, and life longevity are all topics we'll break down for you into digestible bits of information to quickly implement in your day-to-day life. Regardless of whether you are the experienced or novice exerciser, this is a place you can receive actionable steps and strategies to reach you closer and closer to your fitness goals without judgment or the external pressures. Bringing back the fun and excitement into an active lifestyle so that it's tied into how you feel versus what you look like is what we'll discuss here. So settle in and get ready to be cheered on while you learn. This is the Exercise Proper Podcast. Although topics of conversation like proper posture and how it correlates to joint degeneration may not be the sexiest topic of conversation, you're missing out if you're not paying attention to your work and sleep postures. So today, I'd like to brush up on these topics in a way that matters to you so you'll pay attention and learn the practical applications necessary to help you in your own life. There are simple changes you can make in your everyday postures to slow down the inevitable process of osteoarthritis, which is essentially a degenerative process of cartilage breakdown in between our joints. The breakdown of cartilage is what eventually leads to bony overgrowth on the surface of our joints, called bone spurs, limiting the joint space and contributing to decreasing range of motion and flexibility over time. I mean, listen, osteoarthritis is inevitable. We will all develop some level of osteoarthritis. The level of severity, though, will vary depending on many factors like level of activity, how much we weigh, our genetics, and other comorbidities. And comorbidity is just a fancy name for any type of illness. These factors will determine the level of osteoarthritis we'll develop in the future. And that's concerning for all of us because if we assume poor postures throughout our everyday life, that can accelerate the level of osteoarthritis we develop. And just a side note, even though desk work, and sleep postures are specifically what we'll be covering in this episode. These postures are not the only postures you should be paying attention to. In fact, when considering the participation in life's most amazing adventures like skiing and hiking, playing tennis, running, dancing, whatever it is you love to do, if our muscles aren't strong enough to assume the proper postures required to perform all of these activities the right way, then we are placing extra stress on our joints and again, accelerating the process of osteoarthritis. I'm sorry guys, I totally do not mean to be a buzzkill. What drives me to talk about this topic is the idea that I can add value and motivation behind why you work out or why you pay attention to how you position yourself at your desk, in your car, or while you sleep so that you are optimizing your joint position, so that you are not contributing to speeding up this inevitable and degenerative process, and you're keeping your joints youthful for as long as humanly possible. 
when we're talking about sleeping postures, for those of you who like to sleep on your back, you are blessed. I'm desperately trying to train myself to sleep on my back. It is the best position for your spine and even your skin. Plastic surgeons who conducted a research study by the Aesthetic Surgery Journal found that by avoiding placing pressure on your face during sleep, you can reduce the development of wrinkles. The contact between the pillow and your face slowly stretches your skin over time. Actually, this is how JLo sleeps and look at her skin. It's flawless, although let's be real, JLo has impeccable genes. Sleeping on your back, however, may aggravate conditions like sleep apnea and snoring. And if you're not a back sleeper, attempting to switch your position from your side to your back or your stomach to your back can take up to four weeks to really kneel down because unconsciously our bodies will shift and turn all night long while trying to make the switch. While you sleep, you want to make sure your spine is supported. Excluding the spine, the rest of your joints are unweighted. While you sleep, your shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles are all unweighted. Your spine is your number one focus while you sleep. That's why I like to recommend using pillows or towels to fill in the gaps between your body and the mattress in order to decrease the likelihood of changing your sleep position in the middle of the night. And here's how. When sleeping on your back, first stick a pillow folded in half or search for a half moon bolster pillow on Amazon to place under your knees. Next, use a towel roll for under your neck if you don't own a pillow with more of a structured design and slide your pillow down so that it sits under your head and your shoulder blades. That's it. You're set up for sleeping on your back. For those of you who are side sleepers and stomach sleepers, now your shoulders come into play because think about where your shoulders are in relation to your body. If you like to sleep on your side, all your body weight is now crushing the arm underneath you. So for the side sleepers listening, you'll want to add some pillows and towel rolls to better support your spine. The ultimate goal is to assume a neutral position of the spine while we sleep. And a neutral position just means if you're lying down on your side and someone is looking at your spine horizontally, your spine should be parallel to the floor. The easiest way to achieve a neutral position of the spine is to limit spine rotation and fill in any gaps that exist between your body and the mattress. You just want to fill in what I like to call the empty space. So here are a few tricks you can use. First, place a towel roll under the curvature of your neck. Second, place a pillow or two pillows under your arm. Third, place another towel roll under your waist if any space between your waist and the mattress exists. And lastly, place a pillow or two between your knees. Don't go crazy with this. It's impossible to make this perfect and maybe the extra pillows and towel rolls won't work for you and only gets in your way. Sleep is ultimately what's most important and it absolutely should be prioritized over your body position. Although I do encourage you to try even the pillow between your knees. You won't regret this. And for all of the new mamas out there, if your kids are waking up in the middle of the night, it's, you know, it may not be practical for you to make the switch now. And that's totally okay. What I'm currently using to transition to my back is a pregnancy pillow. This way you can position yourself halfway between your back and your side so that it's an easier transition once you're ready to sleep on your back. If you haven't used a pregnancy pillow before, just imagine a long, lanky noodle. Insert it behind you. Oh, oh my gosh, that sounds so sexual. Ah. <laughs> okay, let's try that again. 
Start by lying on your side, place the pregnancy pillow behind your head and align the pillow along the length of your back and curve the bottom up towards your knees and tuck the pillow between them. Now you can roll slightly backwards towards the pillow so that your body is leaning on it and now you're positioned between your side and your back. Using this method may make transitioning to your back more simple. For those of you who are stomach sleepers, congratulations because this is the worst way to sleep for your neck and your beautiful face. I know, it totally sucks. I'm innately a stomach sleeper too. I'll be looking like a crooked Sharpay puppy by the time I'm 50 years old if I keep this up. But truly, if this is the only way you can get some good, solid sleep in, don't force your way into another sleep position. I suggest the following three recommendations. One, sleep with your arms by your side. Two, place a pillow or two under your stomach. And three, place a folded pillow or a half moon bolster pillow you can find on Amazon under your ankles. Ideally, you want your head and neck face down, but that's not realistic. Then you can't even breathe, and that's pretty important. <laughs> Moving on from sleeping postures, if you work at a computer, when you're seated at your desk, I always recommend the 90-90 rule. What I mean by that is every joint in your body when seated at your desk should assume 90 degrees. Your elbows, your hips, your knees, and ankles should all be bent at 90 degrees. You also want the computer screen at eye level. If you have to raise the computer screen to do so, your keyboard may now be out of reach. The solution to this problem would be to go to Amazon and buy yourself a Bluetooth keyboard you can connect to your computer. And that way you can keep your keyboard close enough to your body so you're assuming a 90 degree position at your elbows. When we look at your hip position, you want your thighs parallel to the floor. That means your hip is at a 90 degree position. And if that's not the case, you may need to adjust your seat height or use a stool under your feet to comply with the 90-90 rule. If we can continue to our knees and ankle, the same rule follows. The feet should be flat enough on the floor or stools so that you have some weight in your feet. When we're talking about different brands of computer chairs, there's not one type I recommend. I generally recommend a standing desk, which takes away the concern about how your low back, hips, knees, and ankles are positioned. However, if that's not an option, don't worry about the brand. You may have to actually sit in a few types of chairs to find the right brand for you. Staying true to the 90-90 rule is what's most important and filling in the gaps. Ideally, in a perfect world, your entire backside should be touching a part of your computer chair. And what I mean by that is, once you have completed your setup from head to toe, you may find that the back of your head isn't supported, or there's still space between your low back and the back of the chair, or your elbows are just hanging out in midair. You want to fill in these gaps. What I recommend is finding a computer chair with a headrest and armrests. If a headrest is not an option, that's totally fine. You just need to be more aware of maintaining the center of your ear in line with your shoulders. If armrests aren't an option, I recommend sliding your chair close enough to your desk so that your elbows are supported by your desk. Moving down to your low back, you can use a towel roll or a half moon bolster pillow if there's space that exists between your low back and the chair. If no space exists, it's completely unnecessary to add additional lumbar support. You can also apply the 90-90 rule to your car setup. 
it has been transformative for me to relax into my headrest while I'm driving. I keep my elbows at 90 degrees by grabbing the bottom of the wheel during my long commutes to work, and my body feels so much more relaxed stepping out of the car after a 13-hour shift. To really master this 90-90 concept, it may take a few tries, but take your time. It's better to start with a few minor changes, which in the long run will have a huge impact after spending thousands and thousands of hours at a computer. I will also say if you don't have the choice to use a standing desk, you absolutely want to get up every 30 minutes, walk or stretch a little bit, and then sit back down, even if it's for 60 seconds before you sit down. And if you have to set a timer to remind yourself to get up and get moving because you get in the zone and you forget, so be it. Set a timer. And the same goes for your kids who have homework. It's an important skill for your kids to learn so that as they get older and the length of their studying requirements increase, they establish the proper setup and proper habits through the rest of their academic and professional career. If you have older children, an additional tip is to monitor the weight of their backpack and how the backpack is positioned on their back. Here are two of the National Safety Council's recommendations. One, a child's backpack should be no greater than 10% of their body weight. And two, the bottom of their bag should sit no greater than four inches below the waist. If teachers aren't accommodating and mandate that your child brings in a heavy textbook that puts the weight of their backpack over the 10% rule, the best thing you can do is have him or her carry the extra weight in their arms. It's also recommended that the straps are padded and there's an area of material on the backpack that's reflective. In case your child walks to and from school or to the bus stop in the dark, your child is safe and the people who are driving can see them. So I hope you've made it to the end of this episode, but before you start implementing some of these tips and tricks, ask yourself this. At the end of a work week, how does your body feel? How does your neck or low back feel? Are they stiff? Are they achy? Does your body feel tired even though all you've done is sit at a computer all day? Then ask yourself the same questions after elevating your sleep and desk postures and see if anything's changed. Measuring your progress will only drive your motivation to continue making changes with some major impact. Thank you so much for listening in, guys. If you receive some insight and tangible strategies you can use, please subscribe to the Exercise Proper podcast. Post a screenshot tagging your girl at Liz underscore Graveline. Don't forget to retrieve your free guide on building better habits, or if you are looking for other tips and tricks in your health and wellness journey, you can send me an email at lizgraveline at gmail.com. I'd shriek at the sight of your name in my inbox. That would be amazing. See you next time, guys.